I'm Grant Sangrown, Director of Product Development at the Upper Deck Company, and this is the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and you are listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, your weekly digest of hobby goodness, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me, as always, is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. Rejoice, one and all, for we, the unwashed, the lowly, the bedrock, the peasantry, have been granted an audience with the right reverend grand master of cards it's not norin rad this week it's grant sandground returning from upper deck yes. that's the char- that's the crowd <laughs> cheering <laughs> the crowd roared how you doing grant I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Oh, all the better for seeing you, sir. I can't believe that this is like third month into the year, as we record, almost fourth month into the year. And this is our third Upper Deck show of the year. So thank you for darkening our doorsteps with your, <laughs> with your wonderful, wonderful card-shaped visage. Um, how's he, it's about a year since we spoke to you. How's your year been? It, it's been it's been a great year. It's been busy. In some senses, it's fl- uh, been flying. In some senses, it's been taking just too long for my second appearance on your show. I miss you guys. <laughs> I love well, it. We miss, we miss you too. We kept saying we kept saying to people. We kept saying, "Yeah, we want Grant back on." The first person we said it to left the company shortly there afterwards. The second person <laughs> we said it, said it to left the company last week. Mr. Chris Carlin, uh, we still, um, but nevertheless, you made it, you made it. So thank you, uh, for taking time out. Um, we've got loads to talk about this week. Um, because so for those very briefly, for those who won't remember you just very quickly remind people who you are, and why they should pay attention to what you're about <laughs> to tell them and us. Um, I am Grant Sangron. I am the director of product development at Upper Deck. So I oversee all of the trading card products that we put out uh, amongst all of our sports and all of our entertainment uh, uh, trading card releases. And I have a near and dear soft spot in my heart for the beloved world of Marvel Entertainment and uh, Marvel Studios and Marvel Marvel Publishing. Yes. That's right. Because we, we seriously started getting into it last time. In fact, I think it was the last half an hour of the episode where you started regaling us with stories of your, your Kirby um, uh, passion. And, oh, yeah. Uh, some that, of the signed books. That burns, that, yeah. as, burns as brightly as ever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, at this point, I feel like we've got a fork in the road because if we go and start talking about that, I have a feeling that we'll all wake <laughs> up two hours later um, feeling feeling nostalgic. Um, or we could start talking about some of the glorious products that you've got coming up. Now, we've kind of already been slightly spoiled by your colleague, Travis, with his preview of the year. So kind of ev- everything that you're about to talk about in terms of the sets, we all know those sets are coming. Um, and in fact, most of them are kind of already out in the public domain. They've been solicited. Um, so I guess the, the 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 first one coming up that I know everyone is jonesing for, in fact, 
I, I made a rather foolish bet with someone in the group that because he seemed to think it was it was going to be out by now, and he I said to him, I promise you, it's not coming out then, and if it does come out, I will give you a free box of this product. So, <laughs> Marvel Universe Spider, what what is the full title of it? Is it Marvel? Is it Marvel, Marvel Metal, Metal Universe? Universe? Technically, it's Skybox Metal Universe Spider Man. Right. Okay. I just call it Metal Universe Spider-Man and or the prior products, Metal Universe X-Men. Okay. Some people even shorten it to Metal X-Men or Metal Spider-Man, but Metal Universe Spider-Man, I think, would be the, Okay. how could I say, best reference for it. All right. So the previous product was acronymed to Muxum. So this will be Musum for the, which sounds like something the Southerners say. <laughs> um, but um, so what's... So Marvel Universe X-Men Metal was obviously um, a bit of a bonkers product. I think it's fair to say everyone got quite excited about it. Um, And I think the reaction to it was quite polarised in terms of what they expected. Um, So what can you tell us about the next product, the Spider-Man product, that's different from Marvel Universe X-Men? Well, yeah, and and, and uh, Ian, I'm glad you kind of teed it up like that because as you had referenced, Travis did already speak to this product in a prior show. The product's been solicited. Um, and when I had the opportunity to get uh, invited back on the show, thank you once again, um, I figured I would take the opportunity to approach it as if I was in the uh, shoes of a listener, the, the leaping off spot I would take is, well, I know what Metal Universe X-Men's like, so how is Metal Universe Spider-Man going to be similar and how is it going to be different? And that's not really laid out apples for apples uh, on the solicitation, unless you really dig in and do your work and one in a hundred people is probably going to do well, maybe more than one in a hundred. We have a lot of passionate listeners, probably something like 37 out of a hundred are doing it, but nonetheless, <laughs> let's get into it. Um, so leaping into the similarities between Metal X-Men and Metal Spider-Man, First off, the configuration is similar. Both both products have 12 boxes per case. They have 12 packs per box, and they have six cards per pack with intended similar SRPs. But I will reiterate, as I'm sure my colleagues have reiterated in the past, and you guys have probably mentioned in prior shows, we we don't control SRPs. The, The suggested retail price of a product is really controlled in the secondary market. We produce a product. We sell it wholesale at X price. And off it goes. What what wholesalers and distributors do and or what shop owners do or breakers do is really out of our hands. We don't say, hey, it's supposed to be this price. But I can tell you back from the original time that we built this product and the financial constraints that we built it within, um, they were built with intended similar SRPs. So you got that. Yeah. The next similarity we have is the base set. Okay, both products have a 200 card base set where the first 100 cards are sort of common cards where you get four per pack and they feature modern renditions of the characters. And the next hundred cards, cards 101 through 200 in the checklist are high series cards and they're delivered at a rate of four in every three packs. Mm. Uh, And those thematically are intended to feature earlier renditions of those characters in the Marvel publishing world. Similarly, both products feature what we call Marvel Library, Marvel Publishing Library art. So it's not an original awesome. art release. Metal Universe is not that type of a beast. We have other different products that address the uh, you know the consumer's desire for original art and products, but you can't put it in every product. Stuff would never get released because original art takes a long, long time. Yeah. 
So that's the base set. Um, other similarities, the grandiose parallels. Um, I'm sure you guys have been tracking um, a lot of chatter and discussion uh, about the Metal X-Men, and we've seen that the grandiose parallels have often been referenced as surprisingly some of the most attractive parallels in the uh, Metal X-Men product, even, uh, even rivaling um, the uh, PMGs. Some would say they're more yeah. attractive than PMGs. Obviously, PMGs are scarcer and more popular in the secondary market from a fiscal or financial standpoint. But the grandiose parallels are, are recognized as very, very popular, very, very attractive cards. The Wolverine cards are kind of exploding in value uh, across all of mm. its parallels, but certainly the grandiose is catching, catching on with that. So you're going to see grandiose back as a 200 card set, similar technology, similar substrate with that pattern rainbow foil on it, that awesome. shimmering kind of wavy pattern Love in the it. background. I believe it also has a purple tint to it. And the seating ratios are similar. Okay, cool. Um, so you got that coming back as well. Other similarities, you're going to see the return of inserts like Palladium, Planet Metal, Platinum Portraits, Sketch Cards, Comic Cuts, including autographed Comic Cuts, uh, and EPAC Achievements. And amongst those EPAC Achievements, you're going to see Gold Bouillon inserts return. Similar design, the di design will pick up. So that, that sort of melted... Gold, Bolton gold, yeah. Gold mm. achievement cards. You're going to see nice. Spider-Man based characters now in the EPAC achievement for gold bullion. You're also going to see quad panel printing plate booklets return as, as oh. achievement prizing. And finally, you're also going to see the return of the 16 piece comic cut cover puzzles return as well. And I'll Ooh. get into those later because those sort of make me curl into a fetal position and cry. They're <laughs> <laughs> the lineup of books we have, the lineup of books we bought for this product is, I, I don't think will ever be vested. And, and we'll get into that later. Wow. We'll get into it later. It's oh. fun to talk about. So the, all that stuff's kind of coming and returning. Um, and there, there's some minor tweaks in seating ratios and some numbering. For example, Planet Metal or 1 in 48 um, and pair, numbered of 99, 49, and 25 in Spider-Man, whereas they're 1 in 72, numbered of 85, 49, and 15 in X-Men. You add up all that numbering, it's pretty darn similar. The amount of numbered cards, it's a subtle tweak. Seating ratio is tweaked a little bit. Um, we've added other stuff to make, you know, to um, sometimes we can kind of rebalance some of the ratios on the insert. So there's minor changes there. Um, let's see here. I think would now would be a good time to talk about the comic cuts. Um, the comic cuts and the umbrella of comic cut cards. So there's standard comic cuts that we know range or a single panel ranging from a variety of different books. I think we bought over a hundred different books um, featured in the comic cuts. Okay. Um, and then there's more premium versions of those comic cuts, which would be autographed comic cuts um, and also the comic cut cover puzzles we talked about. Hmm. So now in X-Men, we featured Chris Claremont and Jim Strangel. So one legendary writer, one legendary artist, and they had a variety of autographed pieces from books that they were famous for. Mm. Right. In Spider-Man, um, we took Jerry Conway as a legendary writer. He is wow. the writer that penned the famous um, Death of Gwen Stacy, issues That's 121 right. and 122. Yeah. Some of the arguably, probably within the top 10 most important Spider-Man books ever written. Mm. Yep. Um, he created um tarantula he created hammerhead 
Um, so you will find we found those. You, that's issues 113 for Hammerhead and 134 oh, for appearances. Um, those books will be cut up and creating auto cuts, including issue 121, The Death of Gwen Stacy, and 122, which is the, the, uh, the Goblin follow-up. Yeah. Um, all four of those books will have autographed comic cuts with Jerry Conway autographs numbered of 10. Pretty cool. That's amazing. Well, wait, I'm sorry. Wait a second. That is awesome. I know. I love the list, (laughs) but I just want it on air. And I want to say that is ingenious, beautiful, perfect way that an autograph card from Marvel should be with the comic cut. I mean, like, that's just sick. Can you imagine some of the panels from that book? Oh, it's going to look, oh, I'm so freaking excited. Sorry, Grant. Amazing. We, we we do. That's okay, Norn. We we do take an effort to try and put the some of the more premium panels onto those autograph ones. You probably yes. saw that in the X Men. You guys did autograph. great with the X Men. I thought yeah, it was yeah. really well done. I thought the panel selection, especially for the panel autos, choice was amazing. It was beautiful. A lot like of you guys killed it. going on with the cutting of those panels and the <laughs> allocation of which of the key panels goes to which of the various sets. So you, so Jerry Conway is is uh, one of the legendary writers that we have signing and Mark. Mark Bagley is uh, the other legendary artist for Spider-Man. Mark Bagley, most famously known as the creator of Carnage. Um, and yes, we have all the early Carnage issues, so you can get a, a Spider-Man 361 Mark Bagley autographed comic clipping. Oh my God. Uh, and you'll probably have that choice Carnage perfect shot with an autograph number of 10 on it uh, nice. Bagley as well. So uh, those are our two creators for um, for the autographed comic panels. Now, getting into the, the cut, the comic cuts themselves, and more importantly, the 16-piece cover cut cover puzzles that were um, distributed via the sort of top tier of EPAC achievements for the X-Men Metal Universe product. Now, I had no idea what those things would sell for, uh, but I loved the idea because it had never been done before. Like, why don't we take a vintage book, uh, go buy a nice clean copy where there's no writing on the cover, there's no tears on the cover, uh, all that kind of stuff. And you cut it into 16 pieces and make a set of trading cards where you can display it as sort of a split apart visual cover. We thought in one sense, that's crazy. Why are we doing that? And in another sense, it's kind of evil genius because it's never been done before. And let's face it, card collectors love cards. And, and, you know, we've this dates all the way back to way back in the day in 1998. I'll age myself when Upper Deck cut up a Babe Ruth game used back for the first time ever Mm. that a trading card company had cut up what previously had been seen as some sort of historic relic and would be seen by some um, collectors as heresy. If you collected, you know, uh, vintage game worn baseball material or collected baseball bats and maybe seen as, as heresy. If you're cutting up copies of classic comic books, typically we would get some more off grade books and you could use the interiors, all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. with the comic co- cover panels. You got to find better quality books because the entire cover is featured. Okay. Yeah. Um, and when we put them out for X-Men, we had some great books, you know, we had some killer books. So one of my favorites was the X-Men 50 with that famous cover that Steranko did, um, with, um, oh God, I'm drawing a, a blank on her name. Phoenix. Uh, her first, Lorna Green. Um, uh, first appearance was X-Men 49. Magneto's daughter, Lorna Dane was the character. Um, you've lost me. I'm not an X-Men. Oh, Oh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, hold on, I'm going to find the cover. But this yes, is, I know what you're talking right, we'll about. We'll return back to it. We'll get there. Actually, we'll, we'll edit that in. 
<laughs> I actually had no idea what these things would sell for in the secondary market, but we found, I think it was a, a cover of X-Men 222, which has a famous uh, cover of Wolverine and Sabretooth, like That's kind right. of face-to-face. Mm-hmm. That book, which is a book that you can get raw for 50 bucks or less, probably, yeah. that sold for $5,000 plus on 5300 or something like that dollars on eBay. Wow. Huge, huge number, okay? Now, keep that in mind. If you can take a $25 to $50 book and you make it into a one-of-one 16-piece puzzle as an EPAC achievement based on a very popular product that sells for five grand, what happens when you start taking a book like Amazing Fantasy number 15 and you make a 16-piece cover panel out of arguably the most important comic book, I would say certainly the most important comic book ever made by Marvel and arguably the most important comic book ever made, period, given the exploding popularity of Spider-Man as a character of whom is now touching uh, and exceeding the grasp of DC-based characters like Batman or Superman. Because 20 years ago, you'd always say, well, hey, the most important comic ever made was Action Comics number one, right? Of course it was, right? It's not that it was detective number 27, but that's changing now. When you have a movie like No Way Home breaking literal box office records into the billions of dollars and every child on planet earth probably recognizing what a Spider-Man logo may look like or what Mm -hmm. the webbing of Spider-Man may look like. I'm not so sure every, every child in the world knows what Superman's logo looks like anymore. You know, I mean, it's crazy to say, but has Spider-Man usurped um, Superman as the most recognized, or Batman as the most recognizable and popular superhero in the entire world? Yeah. So are you are you telling us that you've taken an amazing fantasy fifteen? I am. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> we, bought, we bought for um, an amount of money that you could buy a very nice car. A very nice copy. We bought a beautiful copy of Amazing Fantasy 15. The crazy thing is we bought it a couple of years ago. And uh, the the market for, uh, we all know the the market for Marvel trading cards has absolutely exploded since the pandemic really kind of, you know, shook our society to a core. Um, But the same thing has happened in vintage comics. And I would say if we went back, the amount of comic books and the quality of the lineup of comic books that featured in in Metal Universe Spider-Man comic cuts, if we tried to buy them today, I think we'd be spending five times the amount of money that we bought them two years ago because we bought them two years ago. Wow. Uh, And suffice to say, we spent tens of thousands of thousands of thousands of dollars buying these books. And I was hell bent for leather to get an amazing fantasy 15 i was like we're gonna do it i don't care we're gonna figure it out we're gonna we're gonna bake it into the budget and figure it out we did it and so you are going to get uh there's some there's about 40 of these cover puzzles that will will be available as a prizing pool for the top tier of epac achievements 40 different covers those covers let me see if i have the file loaded up i'd like to share with you but those covers will range from stuff including amazing fantasy 15 um let me see because i knew i knew the insert was there Uh, i knew that yeah wow so we have covers for amazing fantasy 15 spider-man 3 which is the first doc octopus Mm -hmm. spider-man 4 Mm -hmm. the first sandman um issue 6 the first lizard Mm -hmm. issue 9 the first electro uh, 13, the first Mysterio, 14, the first Green Goblin, 15, the first Craven. It just goes on and on and on. These are mm. insanely epic books. The first yeah. appearances of all these characters, these classic Ditko books. 
Um, and it includes uh, issue 41, the first Rhino, issue 50, the first Kingpin. First Kingpin, yeah. Uh, 101, the first Morbius. You name it. Um, 121, the death of Gwen Stacy. Um, oh, my I think the God. only one we didn't do was 129 because we can't feature the Punisher on the cover. Yeah. It, it, um, it, it, does oh, it go oh, up? What else? Ian, um, uh, you're going to hate this, but issue 194, the first Black Cat is in. Oh! Tell me. And that has a cover. That is a 16-piece cover book on there as well. Oh. Uh, 252, the first uh, new black costumes. 300, the first full Venom. Oh. Um, annual so sorry, number one, yeah. the first Sinister Six. They're all in there. This is literally like, sorry for the baseball metaphor, but like the 1927 Yankees lineup. It's like, you Wait. know, Ruth and Gehrig and, and, and Rizuda, uh, Lizetti and you name it. Wait, wait, wait. We missed. With my hands right now. I'm just going to have a drink. Hang on. Hold on. It's not that big until we okay. You missed one, a big one, Grant. Go ahead. Spot. Okay, it's spotted. No, that's, that's spectacular, <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, he, he kept the book based on the Amazing Run. Okay, just make sure. I'm just, you know, you, you call me when Spectacular is there and I'll come and buy. But, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just not feeling this. I don't I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, would have, I would have gone hard for a first oh, cloak and dagger. God. That's anyway. amazing. That's amazing, though. And, yeah, and you have to get to this. Be, you know that. Not to be understated, outside of the cover appearances, we also have um, Spider-Man number one as part mm. of the standard comic cuts. I saw that. I want that bad. I saw that. I want that bad, so, bad, bad, bad. I need uh, one of those. We couldn't do issue five. I think that had Dr. Doom in there. Well, no, we can do it as long as it doesn't show Dr. Doom in there uh, on there. But in any case, so pretty exciting in regards to the comic cuts content and at what relates to the autograph versions and the comic cut co cover puzzle achievement versions as well. Oh, wow. So, um, so there's that. <laughs> That's <And> crazy. <laughs> So that's all the stuff that's kind of similar to Marvel Metal X-Men. So let's circle back to the original leaping off point of how we want to discuss <laughs> these products, because now we can get into the difference. Wow. So now we talk about, hey, what's what's new? What, what's changed from Metal X-Men into Metal Spider-Man? Okay. The first thing that's changed that's most important and is probably most on uh, the minds of the most of the listeners is that the precious metal gems have changed. We, Thank God. Awesome. We did not... Uh, how could I say it? it didn't fall on deaf ears about the concerns that the PMGs were not as brilliant and not as pretty and, and bright as they should be from prior issues of years gone by. Mm. So we took that to heart and uh, we actually managed to contact the design team that built the very first PMGs in the 1990s for basketball, nice. Arena Design, who is That's now right. working with us exclusively to get the original colors from their, their color books, the original uh, manufacturer to use that, their proper foil, you name it. We dug deep. We went way down the belly of the beast to uh, get the original specs for how these cards were printed. Oh, um, and you're geez. going to see the precious metal reds and the precious metal greens as brilliant as they ever were, as brilliant as they showed up in like Ultra Spider-Man in 2017. Oh, yes. You know, or, That's or amazing. In the 2013 Fleer Retro, those kind of brightnesses are, are back. And um, the foil board should now be fully covering all the cards. So all the cards, yes. like, why is that ugly paper metal bar not covered in beautiful, decadent, glorious green and red foil? <laughs> Gosh, that was a good impression of Ian. Shakes his <laughs> in the sky. 
and, and, and we, that guy's still yelling. Someone has to go let him know that this got fixed. Mm-hmm. Poor yeah, guy's that been was outside Homer for years. Dad, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, in any case, um, so the PMGs are going to look beautiful. That's <sighs> one big difference. Okay. Oh, this set's gonna yes. hurt. This set's gonna hurt. It's the gonna be bad. Change, oh, I'm just getting started. Um, oh. The next big change is the other base set parallels. So when you looked at, I think a lot of the problem, and, and to the to a degree, we, uh, my product team, myself and my product team, it's rare that we have the opportunity to really look at and reflect upon how a previous product was uh, performed in the secondary market. We're usually at 120 miles an hour, go, go, go. You're building the next product before you even have full understanding of how the market appreciated the prior product, Mm. you know? And this one, we did get a chance to see what was right or what was wrong. And we could fix certain elements. We couldn't go back and fix everything because Spider-Man was already being produced when Metal X-Men was out. It yeah. wasn't like we started it. It was halfway through. So there are some things we could affect, like any of the PMGs, right? And there's other things we couldn't affect. I'll get into that in a second. But w- we had a chance as a development team to look at all the parallels of the whole. And I think there was a lot of confusion in Metal X-Men between the Light FX parallels and the PMG parallels. Okay. And to me, those are two different umbrellas. They're two different groups of parallels. The Light FX parallels should be bright, but they should have Light FX technology, not PMG technology, which is extremely bright. And the tinting was not clear enough at all. So if you're holding a gold FX or a pink FX, you're like, eh, maybe a pink pink FX, but I need to pull a base set card and look right next to it to yeah. see if it's pink or not. Because it's yep. barely pink. You know, we, hmm. we could have theoretically named that parallel the barely pink FX or the barely gold <laughs> FX parallel. Um, and I am sorry for that. But um, fortunately, we managed to um, discuss internally with our master builders and our creative and design teams. Um, and come back with much bolder, uh, what we call PMS or ink um, levels um, of how wow. we kind of, I don't, I don't do it. It's not my deal, but how the master builders kind of build the files to have a greater density of color into those parallels. Wow. So even those even those parallels, the, the light FX gold or the light FX pink are going to be way more pink or way more gold now. So you'll you'll yes. actually it won't be a mystery anymore as to do I have a pink or not? <laughs> um, so those return um, the gold, the light FX gold returns, light FX pink return, but they're going to be much brighter. Pinks are still numbered 75. Gold are still ratioed. But we are adding two new serial numbered parallels in the Light FX family of inserts. We're going to do a Light FX turquoise numbered of 50 and a Light FX orange numbered of 25. Nice. Old man shaking fist at cloud will come back out again and go, damn you, why did you do this? (laughs) But we know that, hey, there's a lot of character collectors out there. I think you you could even argue that character collecting is growing because I've seen discussions about Doctor Strange in the Marvel publishing world is getting popular. Why? Well, it's probably because he's a really big deal in the MCU. Mm. And we're seeing crossovers into that, right? Um, So... To me, it's not the end of the world if a character collector wants to collect a full run of rainbow parallels to have a 75, a 50, a 25, and a 1 to go chase instead of just a 75 and a 1. And let's face it, you, you know, if we're going to put in some more chase and, and these these numbered parallels add a lot of value into the products. You know, nobody's going to be complaining when they hit them in packs. Yep. Um, so those have been added. So those are new. So you have a, a more expanded array of more colorful light FX parallels now. Mm. So there's that. Okay. The next difference is um, the EPAC stacking parallels. We heard loud and clear that the blue of which then stacked to the black 
and the black are really tough because the blue is a 10 stack on digital cards and EPAC. And then you had to stack 10 physical blue cards to get one black card, right? So you right. really had to want that black card because you had to burn yeah. through a hundred copies, digital copies yeah. of your character to get it. Not impossible, but it takes a lot of time and effort and sweat equity and trading to do it. And at the end of the road, after all that trading and all that time, we delivered a card that was maybe black, sort of black, kind of grayish. That yeah. wasn't exactly the greatest card where we could thump our chest and go, ma'am, here you go. Here's a card you can be proud of. And again, we took a look at it, had a time to change it. And we've changed the stacking parallels to be what we're calling uh, neon blue, of which we'll now stack to a neon green. So Ooh. emphasis on neon, Ooh. nice and bright, deep blue color, deep, rich blue color. And neon green is going to look like the Geico lizard or something like that. It's going to be a <laughs> It'll be a nice, bright green, a nice, compelling, attractive, colorful parallel, not a black parallel, which, you know, on the surface, like we typically associate black foil cards or black bordered cards as being scarce, except the reality is that when you pump black ink into a light FX substrate, it just muddies up the light FX and doesn't look mm -hmm. very good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you take your lessons learned, you lick your wounds and you try and fix it. So hopefully we fix the stacking parallels in EPAC where you're getting really cool, colorful, unique cards that are exclusively available on, on EPAC as price. Wow. Nice. So that hopefully that's, that's going to be a step in the right direction for consumers to, to appreciate the product and kind of fix some of the woes that uh, made metal universe X been a little polarizing mm. um, as you had noted earlier in the day. Uh, let's see what else has changed um, inserts that are gone inserts that are have gone away. So stuff that has gone away, um, geodes is gone. Purely periodic is gone. Arc weld, blast furnace, and the buybacks are all gone. And one could wow. argue each and every one of those was actually pretty darn popular. In yeah. 2020 hindsight, if we had the ability to sit around, watch the market operate on this thing for six months, watch EPAC sell out, and then the market reoperate as it reestablishes prices after EPAC sells out, we would have said, well, hell, why don't we keep those damn purely periodic cards? They sure seem to be appreciating in value, which I love the purely periodic cards. Oh, they're the best. Numbering. Love that. I, I love the fact that there's no parallels based on it. It's just <sighs> one card. So if you have a Deadpool, I think there's like 33 copies, or, and that's it. There's no other copies. There's no parallels. There's nothing. Yeah. If you have a, an angel, there's only three copies. I think I saw one copy sell on eBay once about a month after release. I've never seen any more copies out there. No, we've one seen. One must wonder we, what that would be worth now with all the appreciation on the market. It's crazy. It's great. I know where all three sit and I was around all three at one point and it was just amazing. Just an amazing, amazing card to sell and for people to have. It's so cool. That's pretty cool. That's that's pretty good humble brag there. But with that, what, what? Me? Brag? Where they are yeah. there. I love it. <laughs> Never. That's crazy. Um, so anyway, <laughs> now in, in 2020 hindsight, I'm not saying that these inserts will never return to a forthcoming Metal Universe product because we do have other Metal Universe products, as you might imagine, in the hopper planned for forthcoming releases in coming years. I can't really talk about them exactly with what's going on, but Metal Universe Spider-Man is probably no, no great surprise that this would be the last ever Marvel Metal Universe product. It's very popular line. Why would we not do more of them? So mm. you may see some of these inserts um, come back in forthcoming yes. releases, but they, they are not in Spider-Man. But I do think I'm excited to talk about some of the new inserts that are re kind of flushing out and replacing some of the content we so just discussed. So let's get into that as well.
So some of the new inserts, and they've been solicited, and you guys know what they look like. Uh, the first one is the Daily Bugle headline booklets. So uh, obviously, nice. the, the core of the Spider-Man product was that Peter Parker was a photographer working for a newspaper called the Daily Bugle back in times when people actually read newspapers. Um, and so we wanted to take a play on the old 60s and 70s comics with J. Jonah Jameson screaming at everybody out of the offices of the Daily Bugle, and we created a, a folding two-panel booklet card that sort of emulates unfolding a newspaper. Um, cool. Those cards, it's a 25-card set. It's broken into two different tiers of scarcity. And, and the big takeaway is if you're breaking a 12-box case of this product, you're going to get three of these Daily Bugle booklets in a case. Okay? Wow. Okay. 12-box case. Most cases will have two of the low series and one of the high series. Some cases will have all three low series. So that you're not guaranteed a high series in the case. Mm, okay. Wow. Um, so those are pretty rare and they are definitely what I would consider like an anchor card as a chase card in a, in a box. Because gotcha. we, the way I think about it is if I'm building a, and my team, I tell them, Hey, if you're building a 12 box case of product, make sure every box has a one or two different anchor cards to allow the consumer to feel like, okay, I got something that's kind of multi-box rare or something that's extremely rare. I got a box hit. A box hit. Hmm. Sure. So um, you get three of, the, of those Daily Bugle booklets in a 12-box case. So three of your boxes kind of have one of an, an anchored chase card, okay? Next up is the Skyscraper Shadow Box cards. Now, in my oh. mind, the Geodes cards were Shadow Box cards. So we took the, the basic fundamental skeleton of, of a Shadow Box card and reskinned it. Yeah. We took it mm. from a Geode into what we're calling Skyscraper Shadow Box cards. Because obviously, Spider-Man as a character swinging through the concrete canyons of New York City makes for some great artwork that mm. has been great artwork for 60 years almost. And what a, what, what a great way to feature Shadow Box technology with these angled shots from street-level views of Spider-Man soaring above you. Oh, um, so those will be really, really fun. Now, that is a 30-card set. That's split into three tiers of scarcity that cumulatively drop at a rate of two of these shadow box cards per 12-box case. So now you've got five of your 12 boxes kind of handled where you're going to get a Daily Bugle booklet or you're going to get a skyscraper shadow box. Okay. Next up is the Rogues Gallery. Rogues Gallery, the, the, the best connection I can give you to compare it to is the Fresnel cards out of Marvel Ages. And Ian, thank you for your podcast for teaching me how to properly pronounce Fresnel. <laughs> With the French the, silent that, F. That career in theatre wasn't wasted. <laughs> so, you know, the funny thing is in San Diego, we actually have a lighthouse uh, in an area near downtown called Point Loma. It's a spit of land that goes right off of uh, downtown. Um, and they have a lighthouse that mm. dates back to 18-whatever. Uh, and you can you used to be able to go up and crawl up into the top of the, uh, the, the lighthouse, and they had those lights, um, like Fresnel lights, like real yes, ones. Yes, I know. Yeah. I remember seeing those thinking that would look really cool in a trading card and talking with Matt Rogers back in the day, like, why don't we make something yeah. that looks like that? Um, plus, the lighthouse was really creepy. You know, it was like I love movie, it. Like, they genu generally like, are. Here's the living yeah. room with like <laughs> grandma. You know, <laughs> the rusted staircase of yeah. steel. <laughs> so there was that. I love but it. Anyways, I, I digress. So getting back to the rogues gallery, that is what we call a plexi card. Plexi is that like knock knock thick plastic, not not nice. acetate. Acetate is the flexible, thinner kind of plastic. That's right. So these are these really cool plexi cards. Uh, you've seen them in the solicitation. They look beautiful. Um, that's a 24-card set, um, and they are seated. Those are rare. Those are one per case. 
So they're one in every 144 packs. So if you hit wow. a whole gallery, you have a legit drop dead case. Hit. So now keep nice. in mind, that means that every other box, one in every two boxes will either have a daily bugles booklet, a skyscraper shadow box or a rogues gallery. That's how my mind thinks about how are we constructing mm. and delivering content. Um, wow. Now I've, Yet to get to the last edition of new content, which is really exciting, is Skybox Z Force. Yeah, baby. Uh, Skybox Z Force has its origins based in the classic late 1990s world of basketball cards. And, and as we all know, even if you're a Marvel collector, we all know that Michael Jordan and the cards issued for Michael Jordan from the late 1990s are some of the most valuable and, and creative insert cards ever made in the trading card realm whether it's entertainment yeah. or sports some of the crazy stuff like dunk and go nuts and platinum yeah. portraits and jambalaya and all that crazy stuff it was all born from the world of late 90s mm -hmm. basketball including skybox z-force it's just okay. historical totally it historical. historical and it's really cool and it, it is it's typically a really resonant platform to launch new content for um because you've got this sort of nostalgia that people love the old stuff they love seeing it reinvented sort of so we're taking z-force and what we did with it is we paired the content down to just the rare stuff so z-force to me is kind of like a set within a set because it's born from a, a base product a standalone mm. product from the 1990s called Z-Force. But we're making it where there was, um, back in the day, there was a, a parallel called Rave. Z-Force Rave, they were limited to 100 copies per card. The Jordan card is probably worth 20,000 bucks or something crazy like that. Wow. More those. Um, so we, we did a Z-Force Rave as the base cards in Metal Spider-Man. There's only 100 copies of each of those cards. And there's 50 different character cards, and the cards are awesome. Um, so those are rare. Now, furthermore, we created parallels on top of the rave. We created um, Amazing Rave, which is limited to 62 serial number copies, 62 being in honor of the year Spider-Man was created, uh, Spectacular Rave number to 25, and Super Rave numbered as a true 101. So keep in mind, that's going to have Spider-Man cards, it'll have Venom, it'll have Dr. Octopus, it'll have you name it, all of them with cards numbered of 100, 62, 25, and one. So if oh that doesn't deliver value into the product, I'd be hard pressed to think what will. Oh. So you got those dropping in the product as well. So those are gonna be like little little pieces of fireworks ready to just explode as people. Oh, pull those them out are gonna look cool. So probably what's going off in my brain right now. Pretty neat stuff that is new content in the product. The last big change from X-Men Metal Universe versus Spider-Man Metal Universe is the addition of retail blaster skew, uh, a retail blaster skew or retail blaster boxes. Ooh. Uh, and exactly, Ian, I would argue that that is a welcome addition to the lineup of the product because we all know the pre-sales for the hobby boxes of Metal Universe Spider-Man have blown up and gone way beyond what we had originally thought they were going to be. Uh, the market is the market. I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. But the fact of the matter is it's now a far more serious matter to consider buying a box uh, mm. uh, of Spider-Man at Hobby. And some people may be a lot more comfortable with an option to buy a blaster box for, a, you know, a, a significantly smaller financial spend. Yeah. Um, so hopefully wow. that will kind of allow uh, every collector that wants to break packs of this product the opportunity to have the experience to rip packs. 
Um, now in the blasters, you are going to get an exclusive parallel. You're going to get a light FX yellow parallel dropping at a rate of one in every two packs. Oh. Blaster boxes are going to hold. Let me see here. I think it is. I think it's eight packs per box. Let me see if I can dig that up. Blaster box. It is six packs per blaster box. And the blaster packs, similar to the hobby and the EPAC packs, also have six cards. Oh. Feel kind of similar. So you're going to get 36 cards out of a blaster box. Um, so it's a far more affordable way to approach getting the product. Now, obviously, as you guys know, some of the scarcer content will be exclusive to hobby and EPAC. Sure. But as noted, blasters will have their own exclusives. They will have their own 200 card parallel slot called uh, called Light FX Yellow, seated at one in every two packs. And you can also pull some really cool stuff out of blasters like Palladium, Daily Bugle booklets. You can even pull Platinum portraits out of blaster. Ooh. Now they're they're rare as hen's teeth, but you have that chance of getting an incredibly rare Platinum portraits. You can get comic cuts out of blasters. You can get sketch cards out of blasters. And there's even a sprinkling of Easter egg content that I'm not even going to talk about because there is there is some unannounced content amongst Hobby and EPAC and Blasters that I'm not even talking oh, about because God. there is an Easter egg if we didn't uh, let it be an Easter egg. Uh, but there will be some Easter eggs <laughs> in Metal Universe Spider-Man. So, you know, get out your, your egg die and, and, and you know, your, your basket and get ready. I'm hopping ready. around looking for it now. No? You are you a saucy minx of the highest order. Oh my god, uh, dude! So I'm like, I'm I'm sweating. So, um, to uh, cool you from your sweatiness, um, I can summarize. Um, so in general, if you're looking at the boxes at the hobby level for Spider-Man, each box is is constructed to deliver several key chase cards. With most boxes containing a serial numbered insert of a hundred or less. Most boxes will contain Whoa. a serial numbered insert of 100 wow. or less. That's crazy, given the value that we've seen exploding on serial numbered parallels in the Marvel yeah. publishing yeah. universe, right? Yeah. You number anything under 100, and all of a sudden, the Wolverine is $5,000, and people are falling all over themselves to go get mm-hmm. those cards. Yep. Um, so you're going to get – most boxes will have a, a numbered insert of 100 or less, plus another key chase card like a booklet – a plexi, a shadow box, a metal card, which will be the planet metal, a sketch card, or a comic cut, plus all the other stuff like Palladium and Grandiose and and all that stuff. So we're going to be bringing it. Sign me up. Sign me up, Buttercup. This is nuts. This is nuts. So that is is Metal Universe Spider-Man from the Grant Sangrown perspective. My goodness me. So... And I know, I know you can't tell us date, so I'm not going to ask. But can you give us a, a kind of a, a rough idea of when people might ex- expect, possibly ish, even if you say a year or quarter? I can, I can. I am not allowed to discuss specific release dates, as of you, course. As That's you, as you I know. know you um, mm-hmm. We are still in the world. The fun-filled world of global supply chain issues, mm-hmm. of um, shortages on every sort of hard goods that you could imagine, like paper or deco foil or wrappers or mm-hmm. heaven knows um, what. Anything you may think of is probably in short supply. Um, so we are working through that. And we actually have made great progress in the past several months as right. the wheels finally start to turn and we're finally starting to get products moving and released. 
So we are excited that things are moving, uh, including in the world of Marvel publishing. So, um, you know, what am I realistically looking at, you know, to, we are in, what are we in the, in the midst of spring right now? We, we just yeah. had our, in, in America, we had our spring forward, um, you know, what a week or two ago. Um, but I would say, you know, I'm looking at midsummer ish for metal universe, Spider-Man. Okay. I think good, that's good, a realistic good. Yeah. Uh, assessment for what we can, uh, look at as a, this, this, this episode will drop first week of April. So yeah, good. All right. Yeah. So middle of summer when it's nice and hot. Uh, oh, I'm going to be in Boston in August. I might be able to pick up. Oh, oh, oh so there's that. That gives me so, enough time to sell my cat. Anyway, sorry, I was talking about something else. Go on. Right, that's a crazy. But okay. I'll sell my uh, cat to buy a cat. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about another product that we have earmarked? for uh release this year in the world of mcu or marvel do i ever you know what it sounds it sounds appealing it sounds almost mm, alluring what i might say look at that weird yes Uh, so (laughs) let's talk about marvel (gasps) please Uh, another product that um you know has been um we've been working on for a while um and we're getting closer we're getting a lot closer and um so let's talk about marvel allure this is the first all chromium product for the marvel license that we've done since 2015 because marvel vibranium Mm. was the last time we did chromium that's right and vibranium is blowing up in a big way blowing up you're right it's Mm. crazy vibranium is blowing up um, and this is the first ever Chromium product we've done for the MCU side mm. of things. When you think about wow. Vibranium as a publishing product and, right. and, and Allure is an MCU product. Okay. Gotcha. Which would be very, very interesting to see how an MCU product does for me, especially on the heels of how Black Diamond did and what's going on with Marvel Black Diamond to this day. We're still seeing sort of organic growth in the secondary market as the consumers are yearning to establish important base set cards and important parallels in the MCU away from especially in the last six to eight weeks has important parallels and important Mm. base set cards. And there is so much growth in that area. I see. I just literally lie awake at night thinking about that growth. I do. <laughs> I love it. It's, it. It is such a, I mean, Marvel Studios, to to the credit, uh, the great credit of, of the talented people of Marvel, they've made the MCU the largest global storyline in the history of cinema. Mm. It's crazy to say, but I'd argue that the MCU is now a more widely known storyline than the Star Wars run of films there are certainly more films as that may say and there's Mm. no 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 bad words to star wars because they've done fantastic especially with how they brought it back to life with disney plus and the mandalorian after some of the films weren't as great as they could be some you know 10 to 20 years ago um and and it's as vibrant as ever i get that it's fantastic what they're doing with with that license and and you know um what tops does with the cards is great um but I would argue that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is now truly the greatest cinematic soap opera out there. Yeah. With the, with the most vibrant universe, by far the most vibrant universe of characters out there. And you can see that Marvel is actively trying to grow that character base. Absolutely. Constantly yeah. introducing new characters each year into the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that circles back to Allure. Um, and 
I want to talk about Allure from a couple different angles, because similar to Black Diamond, Allure is a character-based product, as gotcha. opposed to something like, let's say, Thor Dark World or Thor Ragnarok or, or 2018 Marvel Black Panther. All those products were film-based products, and mm-hmm. they're great. Nothing wrong yeah. with those cards. Those are great. But the base sets are not character-based cards. The base mm. sets tell a story. And it may be like dirty gutter as blood flows down or whatever it could be. <laughs> you know, look at the, the sun sets on God, you know, New York City as Spider-Man swings or whatever it may be. They're not character-based cards, which mm. is typical to, um, you know, when you have a, a lot of the, the sports card world, they're all character. They're all single athlete based cards and we see how popular that is in marvel publishing when you make cards of spider-man or wolverine or deadpool or rogue or or any of the characters that are more popular than other characters that rings very similar to the world of sports where you may have lebron james being more popular than you know somebody who plays on the bench or austin reeves or who may play on the bench for the lakers um and You take that over to what we saw with Marvel Black Diamond. Most importantly, what we saw with the base set cards of Spider-Man in the base Black Diamond set and the base Exquisite set. Those, if you want a base Spider-Man card out of Black Diamond, number to 149, that's like 500 bucks now. Yep. Six months ago, that was 25 bucks. And it's very different from, and if you want an Exquisite Spider-Man number to 125, that's about 500 bucks as well. You want an Iron Man, they're about 250 now for base set Mm -hmm. cards. Basic yep. cards. That's more than most of the autograph, the values of most of the autograph cards in the entire Black Diamond product for anyone not named Tom Holland, Chris Hemsworth, or Chris Evans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a base set unsigned Spider-Man card number to 149. So what I'm getting at is when we, uh, when I first really heavily jumped into um, working on Marvel products, that was around 2017. Okay. And back then, if you uttered the word Marvel Studios or Marvel Cinematic, you better, the only thought that consumers had is, well, who's signing for it? Who's signing for that product? What autographs do you have? And they didn't care about anything else. That was the single factor. Nobody cared about anything else. Almost like back then when you did a publishing product, the only thought that collectors have, well, how many sketch cards are in it? Who's, how, how often do sketch cards fall? They better fall one per box because I have no reason mm. to buy the product if it don't yeah. fall one per box, right? True. Right? right? Yeah, that's right. I remember. And that's how, they, and they were they were thinking like that. And now we're in a different world where really people are buying all these products in the publishing world for the PMGs and the parallels and the number parallels and the shiny cards and all that kind of stuff. Sketch cards are almost like secondary in most cases when you're looking at the PMGs and and the where the yep. big growth in the market has been is not in sketch cards and not in autograph cards, you know, it's crazy. It's not saying they're not valuable and not appreciated Mm -hmm. because they are, and they're, they're amazing and all that, but it gives us as a manufacturer, a much wider pantry of stuff to go pull from to make our meals. It's a weird metaphor, but to, to make the product. I'm with you. No, no, I'm with you. It's true. Um, And when you get to a product like Marvel Allure, what we really wanted to do was we know that we still got to bring it with Marvel actors, right? You, you can't release a lure without the big names. And, and I can tell you right now, boom, there will be autographs of some of the most important returning signers that we've had. Like, will Tom Holland or Chris Evans si- have signed cards in this product? Yes. Tom Holland will have autographs. Chris yes. Evans will have autographs. Chris awesome. Hemsworth will have autographs. 
Um, Elizabeth Olsen will have autographs in this product. So oh, all these hitters, hmm. like all those, um, that, now they signed for previous products, but let's face it, those are big hitters. Those are yeah. hitters in the MCU. They will be in Allure. You will find beautiful chromium autograph cards of these actors. Well, Olsen's about to be in Doctor Strange. Yeah, huge. Uh, that's Multiverse as, as a primary villain in Doctor yeah. Strange. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, now, there's always been the question, well, hey, that's all good. But what have you done for me lately? Who are the new signers? Hmm. Which we try and deliver new signers too. And I can tell you, that I think this is going to be breaking news, actually. You will get autographs of Tom Hiddleston. Oh, whoa. Oh. So you can add, you can chisel a fifth face onto Mount Rushmore for, you know, signers that we can deliver into our products because you're going to get Loki autographs in Allure. Oh, Ali from Titan and Amanda. Both both of them will be. And a god. Yeah. Other signers uh, to include that did not sign in Black Diamond. Um, Evangeline Lilly has been confirmed uh, oh, for Wasp. Oh, nice. Well, so we've got two significant new signers, and we're working on Don Cheadle as War Machine as well. Whoa. So significant new signer. Oh, we haven't had him before. E- yeah, ever, so I if everything believe. falls like it's supposed to fall, you'll have three significant new signers, and in all, you'll have more than 20 different signers for Marvel Allure. Oh, my giddy aunt. So the autograph content's there for sure. I think we've answered the wow. question of like, are you bringing the big signers that signed previously? And are you bringing mm-hmm. some interesting names that didn't wow. sign previously for Black Diamond? We are. But I'm actually quite intrigued to see what's going to go and happen with all the parallel cards on Chromium stock. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. you know, we're not blind to what's going on in the world of like basketball cards with, mm-hmm. you know, Chromium based parallel cards. Um, and how much like LeBron James parallels are worth yeah. or uh, parallels of some of the hot rookies in basketball every year. They yeah, all the NFL mosaic stuff. Yeah. Insane mm. value stuff numbered mm. of like 299. Uh, look, at yeah. the look at Wolverine cards numbered out of, you know, yep. 199 or 299 and vibranium. Yep. vibranium going for thousands of dollars. Look, just look at the vibranium prices and imagine – I don't know. This is not publishing, but we've seen that the market is there looking at the activity on the base set Spider-Man cards. There is a yearning from the card collecting base to establish important base set and parallel cards bereft of autographs in the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's happening. It's there. You can see it as you read the tea leaves in the secondary market. They're they're building their own Spider-Man rookie card, you know, out of the base set cards, and they're building their own PMGs out of those red parallels and black diamond. Yep. So what yep. happens when we bring Marvel Allure with real chromium parallels, and the lineup on the the Marvel Allure stuff is insane. Um, let me jump into some of the, the the Allure stuff. Okay, so we've talked about some of the new signers. Um, let's talk about the configuration. Okay. Yeah. Tommy and EPAC are going to be big cases, 20 boxes per case. So for your, for your whales that are buying into, into cases, those are massive cases, a 20 yeah. box case. Okay. So that's a wow. significant thing. It'll be interesting to see because I think um, you'll find online breaks on this product and a 20 box case just simply allows you more variety for breaks. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's more fun. You can see 20 boxes broken. Jeez. So there's that each box will have eight packs. Okay, so even though there's a lot of boxes, there's not that many packs, but each pack will have nine cards in it, nine chromium. Oh, cards. that's nice. That's a that's amazing pack. pack. Mm. If you're going to hold a pack of that stuff, it's going to be a fat pack. It'll be fat. Yeah, yeah. It'll that's be nice. Fat. So that's pretty cool. Um, now, with those nine cards in each pack, you're going to get six base set cards. 
And that's going to be, it, the base set will be 150 cards. There's 100 low series cards and there's 50 high series cards. Gotcha. Okay. Now the, you're going to get six low series cards in a pack. You'll get one high series card in a pack. So cards 101 through 150. And then you'll get two additional chase cards, which could be parallels or insert cards. Wow. in a pack so each pack's gonna have a whole bunch of different stuff and it is nice. not lost on us that when you're doing chromium products people love color and they love mm. patterns and they love parallels mm. and uh, we have a product uh, on our hockey license called opichi platinum and we also have a product on our hockey license called allure and the allure product that's kind of where marvel allure leaped from was the nhl allure product which is a chromium based hockey product with sticker autographs and we figured that's the product we we can base it upon because this is going to be a sticker autograph product. We've talked about the difficulties inherent to getting MCU cool. actors. To yeah, of course. Cards. A lot of the times their availability is very limited. You know, they'll say, look, we'll do a deal, but it's got to be signed on. All, I'm available for one hour on this day. That's it. You know, whether your cards are ready for or not ready to go. So labels allow us the flexibility to sure. get some of the big names we need to get this stuff done. So we took Allure Hockey as a leaping off point. And in fact, the designs pick up from 2021 Allure Hockey. So you'll see some similarities, um, similar to the way that Black Diamond kind of picked up from an earlier Black Diamond hockey product. Some of the, the base set design was kind of similar. Uh, the structure and configuration of the product, delivering one diamond card per five box case was similar. That kind of stuff. The skeleton of um, Black Diamond Marvel was born from Black Diamond Hockey, which was a sports-based product, similar to how Marvel Allure, its structural configuration is born from the NHL hockey product. Um, and all the beautiful parallels. And the parallels are beautiful in Allure Hockey. Go look mm. at them. They're, they're dazzling. Mm -hmm. So wow. you're going to get... So, so in all, what you're going to get is you're going to get six ratio parallels, Okay. And they all have different color, like red border, blue, black border, blue border, orange border. Um, and those ratios are all going to have seating ratios spanning from as easy as one in every two packs to as difficult to one in every 160 packs. So imagine wow. how wow. rare some of those ratio ones are going to be for an individual character if you have 150 different cards. Next, My goodness. Next up, there's seven additional serial numbered parallels for the base set cards. Now, the serial number parallels have print runs ranging from 199, all the, that's the most prevalent of the serial numbering. 199 is still rare, all Very. the way down to 101s. So you're going to have stuff like 199s, 99s, 50s, 25s, 1s. And imagine what those Tom Holland cards are going to sell for. Uh, now yeah. crazy. Still parallels. Yeah. Still, you know, um, that were built like this, built to deliver like this, uh, and true golden treasure one ones that I, oh, I wow, you know, what, what are the Scarlet Johansson cards going to sell for? I love you it, know? wonderful. What are the Scarjos going to sell for out of all that stuff? Mm. Or Crazy. The Hollows, you know, Crazy. um, or the Downies. You know, it'll be quite interesting. Give me Goose the Cat. Happy, happy, happy with that. Uh, Golden Goose. Goose, Goose. The cat. I, Golden I think Goose. Goose has a card in this because this Allure <laughs> is closing out our, our phase one through phase three content. Gotcha. Oh, for Marvel Cinematic stuff, it's going to be phase four forward. Nice. We'll talk wow. a little bit more about that in our very long show where Grant talks way too much. Never. <laughs> what else can i tell you about allure um other parallel stuff that is in there we are putting the printing plates directly into the packs for allure you don't have to go do an epac achievements there you can pull them from packs very yes. cool um and we are doing a blaster skew in this product as well which again i think is a good thing it, it just allows a more how could i say um democratic 
uh, ability for all users, all collectors to go buy the product and have fun ripping packs. Mm. Um, Blasters will have exclusive parallel set to the base set called Yellow Taxi. Um, it's a weird yellow taxi design. I love it. Those <laughs> are cool. <laughs> now, blaster boxes will have five packs in a box. Um, unlike the nine pack, nine card hobby packs, the blaster packs only have five cards in the pack. Okay. Now, um, now that's five cards a pack, five packs per box for blasters. And in a blaster box, that five pack box, you will find three of the exclusive yellow tail parallel, yellow taxi parallels. Okay. okay so oh, that's cool. In every five packs. Okay. Um, so that's kind of cool too. You've got to break a lot of blaster boxes to get a set of yellow taxi because there's 150 different yellow taxi cards. Yes. So that's kind of cool. I love it. Um, what else can I tell you? I haven't even talked about the autograph content outside of the signers. So there <sighs> is also autograph parallels of the 150 card base set. As you might imagine, select actors like the aforementioned Tom Hiddleston or Tom Holland or Chris Evans it's, and other actors all the way down um, will have autograph parallels in a red parallel, a purple diamond parallel that is serial number to 10 copies per, and a golden treasures true one of one parallel. Now, the red parallel is ratioed, so you'll have a ratioed parallel for red, and then you'll have two serial numbered scarcer parallels, the purple diamond of 10 and the golden treasure one of one. Now, the parallel cards are going to fall at a rate of approximately three to four per case out of a 20 box case. So autographs are not everywhere. You know, they're about one in every fourth or fifth or sixth box okay. they're falling everywhere. And I still feel pretty damn good about this product because the amount of, of beautiful parallel unsigned parallel cards in this product that the market really has never seen a product like this before for MCU mm. stuff where you get chromium parallels, true chromium parallels, truly colorful, truly built with all the patterns like size yeah. and uh, tracks and, and mosaic and all that kind of beautiful stuff. Um, what is that going to do for performing in the secondary market? It's rare that you have a product that you could release where an entire group of cards has never really been done before. Like we've never really had true chromium parallels for the MCU. It's never been Ever. done. It's amazing. Ever. So I don't, <laughs> I'm not like wringing my hands worried that there's not an autograph in every box of Marvel Allure because I, I'm hoping that we're past the point of that, like back in 2015, where every box better have a sketch card in, in publishing or every box in, in studios better have an autograph. And that wasn't the healthiest way for this hobby to grow. It wasn't the healthiest way to collect mm. when only one type of card was even appreciated and everything else was just blow out junk. I mean, the audience for Marvel cars has grown so rapidly and so oh goodness, expand yeah. to like no end that everyone is just finally appreciating these parallels. You know what I mean? Like to have something that is a parallel now is lucky and exciting it's not this kind of like oh did i get my head in this one box and let me put this box off to the side yeah. i think it's changed immensely this is going to be and, so exciting you know the other thing i like about it is whether we like it or not there are some actors that simply are beyond our ability to sign they either have no interest in signing um or the marvel doesn't have the marketing rights for them so we can't even make cards of some of those actors um, or their rates are just so astronomically high mm. that you just can't really touch them. You know, they may yeah. use, you know, Robert Downey Jr. famously signed last year for and gave all the proceeds to charity, but it was the rate which just doesn't make sense for us as a manufacturer to try and jump in on that. Um, 
So it, it's exciting to see, and we saw it in Marvel Black Diamond. The big puzzle was how do we make a Scarlett Johansson or a Robert Downey Jr. card that is going to be a huge case hit that may sell for more than an autographed card of them? And we, we did it with Black Diamond because the six stone Infinity Stone relics um, sell for a lot more. Like Beautiful if you cards. Have a Elizabeth mm-hmm. Olsen Infinity Stone relic, that's worth more than her autograph cards. Most mm. of her autograph cards don't touch the value of those things. Yeah. And so we did it. You know, we kind of did it. And, and when you look at the base card of Tom Holland, number to 149 in Black Diamond, selling for five to 600 bucks, that yeah. is more than 90% of the autograph cards in Marvel Black Diamond. So to say that every box has to have an autograph and an MCU product, it does not. I don't think we're there anymore. I think we've moved mm-hmm. on. I think we've evolved. But if you want to collect ScarJo Black Widow cards, go ahead and collect them. There's all sorts of cool stuff to chase, and including yeah. whales, including very yeah. cards. And Marvel Allure is going to deliver sort of new content into the secondary market that has never been delivered in this license. You know, it's funny. Um you told us, I remember you telling us about Black Diamond, and I really didn't understand what those cards would look like. I remember hearing your passion for it and it made mm-hmm. me so excited to see the cards. And I would talk about them all the time and, and, and look at them. And then I had the luck of holding some in my hands and seeing them for the first time. And man, you did not undersell it. I mean, like, you, I mean, you undersold it. Like you kind of like, I, you told me it was going to be grand and great and when I finally saw him, I was like, this is even better than I could ever imagine. The foiling was so perfect. I can't even imagine what Allure is going to look like. Uh-huh. I'm actually really, really excited to see these cards. I, I am too. I have not seen the finished cards, but I know what the hockey Allure cards look like. I know mm. what we as a manufacturer can do with the Opeachy Platinum Chromium cards. Mm. If you want a sneak preview of kind of what those, what the Marvel Allure cards are going to look like, you know, yeah. go take a look at those hockey releases and that will give you a general visual understanding yeah. of some of the brilliance and some of the colorful nature of what we're going to be wow. um, putting out with Allure. I'm still having a beautiful courtship with Black Diamond. I'm not sure I'm ready to move on to a new business, but, <laughs> but, but maybe, maybe. So let me finish up with a, a couple of the quick notes on Allure. Um, there's inserts, uh, called symmetry, nemesis, character posters, and movie posters. Those four inserts will combine to deliver six in every eight packs as one of your chase cards. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's also rare auto parallels of the symmetry and the character, character posters cards as well. Um, there is a really cool infinity stone insert. And I want to explain it a little bit because what it is, we took 20, of the most important characters from phases one through three of the MCU, okay? So we took Thanos and we took Iron Man and we took Thor and Captain America, Spider-Man, you name it, the 20 generally most important, Black Panther, most important characters in the MCU phase one through three. Each of those characters will have six different Infinity Stone serial numbered inserts, whereby each card will be numbered of 299 per, and feature one of the different diamonds or stones, like the reality stone or mind stone. stone. Now, what that'll allow you to do is if you're a Black Widow collector, you can then collect what we call the rainbow of all six different cards. (sighs) It's very similar to the way the exquisite cards were done in Black Diamond, where you had the the foil colors. Different colorings. Created a six card subset for you if you wanted to like if you're a big captain america collector you could try and get all six of those cards number to 23 in black diamond similarly here we're doing a far more um 
how could I say doable chase with mm. six different infinity stone chromium cards numbered of 299 per for your base character for your favorite that's character. cool so pretty neat and they're all numbered as well and 299 again is not a big number when you look at vibranium stuff um where the numbering was 299 and 50 and there's big values coming out of them I'm yeah. curious, kind of scratch my head curious to see what's going to happen with those because I think they're going to dry up I think a lot of black diamond dried up I was I was I remember seeing the numbering on that and I was pretty surprised like how difficult it is to find because people don't want to let them go because they look so nice. And They're the just market, not interested. They do look amazing. Yeah, yeah. and the mar- there's so many new Marvel card collectors coming into this market. Yeah. Coming in. They're still coming in, guys. They're still coming in, right? Yep. Um, a lot of people are still coming it. in. We're on the front we're, lines. Yeah, we're on the front lines here. Yeah, I, I know that is very polarizing because it's changing the nature of of this community and and, and how it's all collected. Um, but in general, I'd rather see growth than attrition. Hundred percent. I don't yeah, want to yeah. see stagnant. No, it's great, and it's bringing it's brought in a lot of new friends, a lot of great people, and people are are fans of this. It's just amazing what's and happening. Hopefully, we're gonna we're going to we as a manufacturer will build cards recognizing that the community and the size and the nature of the community and how they collect their cards is getting changed. And we can provide Mm. you a a variety of different platforms for how you want to collect that will not phase everyone out. We're going to try and make common stuff, mid-level stuff and crazy stuff. Because that's awesome. So So good to hear. Having a six card infinity stone chromium insert number to 299 per, if you want to collect that set, I mean, granted Spider-Man will be expensive, but Pretty much every character outside of Spider-Man and Iron Man should be reasonably doable yeah. without breaking the bank. Now, that's not to say that we're not going to make we're not going to add a little little bit of magic fairy dust on top of it because <laughs> that set will have a gold tinted parallel numbered of ninety nine copies per card, and then oh, for the goodness. for the really crazy people, we are doing a uber rare white parallel of the Infinity Stone inserts numbered of six. Copies per oh, card. Damn. <laughs> so if you uh, have, if you have like your evil scientist met laugh that you can queue up and play for us, we will. We will. We will. Grant, you are an evil genius. I mean, we've. You are an evil genius. Yes, it's official. So you know that is incredibly tough. I understand that. Um, only six copies per card is really rare. But then again, we know some people just. Like some people live for that some rare. people live for that so you know it's amazing to see too people pull that stuff off i think it's awesome i think that's yeah, great absolutely you know, so that's a really cool new insert that is a big part of what the dna of marvel allure is uh, and again has nothing to do with autograph cards but if you build no. compelling enough themed insert content yes that's fun for people collect where the where the roadmap is pretty straightforward. Like I just mm-hmm. need all six of these. I get it. Mm-hmm. My favorite character, I'm going to collect these six. I'm going to do that. Great. They'll probably do it. They'll probably do yeah. it. They'll probably have fun doing it because they have to trade and look for stuff. And you know, yes. it's not impossible. Wow. Um, so summarizing the allure in general, um, Hobby and EPAC boxes are going to deliver two cards from the following group. You're going to get an Infinity Stone insert number to 299 or less. Uh, you'll get other ser- this. You'll get two of the the following: either an in- Infinity Stone number to two ninety nine or less, an, another a different serial numbered insert from the base set or the parallel set numbered of one ninety nine or less, less, or a rare steel uh, a steel parallel, which is like a brushed steel look to the chromium. Um, those are seated at one and two forty, so they're incredibly rare. A, a rare steel parallel or an auto or a sketch. You'll get a combination of that group of stuff. You'll get two of those per box. Nice. 
Wow. So should be a fun rip. I have a question, sir. Yeah. Are there any costume relics? Um, there are not costume relics in Allure. Um, we've costume relics is a really interesting topic, Ian. Um, as we can, we can perhaps get them from Marvel, but the nature of what their value is today versus five years ago or eight years ago when, or 10 years ago, let's say 2012, 10 mm. years ago when costume relics were pretty commonplace in the film-based products like Dark World or whatever, there were costume yeah, relics yeah. Were everywhere, right? Yeah. And let's face it, they did okay, you know, but you could, like, I remember Black Panther, 2018 Black Panther, a lot of the costume relics were three bucks a card, two bucks a card yeah. on eBay, no bits. <laughs> not anymore. That's not so anymore, they appreciate it, but they're not 1,200 mm. bucks a card. Right. Well, actually, the really cool black well, ones. Yeah, that's the yeah, really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toes and the nails on them. Oh. I would. I would. Those are some of my favorite relic Same. cards ever made of anything from sports mm. or anything. Was when we got that full Black Panther costume. I'm like, we got to make these thick cards, just like like the super thick cards from Goodwin Champions. We built that's them right. like that, and oh, I love it. fingers and those. Those are incredible. Whoever has those, you should pat yourself on the back because those are some of the greatest. Oof. Marvel Studios cards will ever be made ever. And I don't think they'll ever be replicated. 100%. In any case, I digress. You're asking about costume relic cards here. Mm. The more people than just us are now interested in Marvel costumes, you know, like they gotcha. go to like the Smithsonian and just crazy stuff, right? Oh, they're mm. going to go yeah. to like Disney World on display. So the price of those costumes has just exploded in wow. cost okay. to the point where are we spending our money wisely by mm. doing that? Or are we going to try and put more technology into the product and give you cooler parallels or build more platinum portraits or, or do other cool stuff um, that uh, we feel is a little more in sync with the new channels of uh, what uh, collectors are, are craving and excited about. Mm. Yeah. And especially this is a chromium product. To me, chromium is all about shiny and bright and colorful yeah. and yeah. Maybe that doesn't sync up entirely with wardrobe relics i was going to say with the exception of possibly alicia from guardians of the galaxy 2 it's not going to happen is it so and that was very gold and shiny uh, uh yeah but, you're right but, sure. but yeah yes. but apart from her apart from her no i see where your heads are i've just i've just fallen in love with them ever so much more over the past year and i'm gradually gradually chasing them down from past sets so they're stunning um, i mean it's really so, cool yeah I'm loving them. I'm loving them. Um, they are great. We're not ruling them out in the future, but the price, the purchase point for some of these full relics, gotcha. is, these full costumes. Oh my gosh! I mean, oof. yeah, I bet. Very. I can only imagine. I've been, I've been you, very you much enjoying them from your James Bond products. So you know, I'm, I'm not short of stuff to chase at the moment. Yeah, different I'm, licensor, different guidelines. Of course. How we, um, yeah, yeah. How we get those materials? Some of those materials are provided directly in the contracts mm. that we get. Like in hockey, hockey, actually, we get game-worn jerseys directly from the teams as part of our contract. That's oh, not wow. the same contract Marvel. And, and that's no, that's, you know, nothing bad about Marvel's contract. We're very appreciative <laughs> of the terms we have with them, but that doesn't sure. include wardrobe relics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I would say understandably so. That makes sense. That makes sense. Good, good, good. Sorry, that was a little personal, personal uh, one I wanted to slip in there. Yeah. Any so, other questions on the lore? No, I. You know why? I, I. Well, only as to kind of just in terms of you know, uh, dear listener will be listening and thinking, okay, well, how do I budget if I want to go for both? 
you know, when might I need to sort of think about spending money on Spider-Man Metal Universe? And I, I when might say, I need to spend I would on be Marvel very Europe? surprised. I would be very surprised if we didn't give at least a couple months of breathing time between Metal Universe Spider-Man, which will definitely be first, and then mm-hmm. Allure thereafter. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. That's really helpful. Um, I'm wondering then if we shouldn't maybe return to the beginning or the beginnings, um, uh, so to speak. We can definitely talk about Marvel. (laughs) I brought a smile to his face. Look at this. I love it. I love love it. it. Right. Marvel Beginnings, volume. Yeah. Let's talk about Marvel Beginnings. So, Marvel Hmm. Beginnings is probably the third product. Uh, we're going to talk about in depth today um, yep. that we'll see the light of day at some point in time in the calendar year 2022. Great. Um, so we are bringing the product back after a 10 year hiatus. As you guys famously know, Marvel Beginnings Volume 1 was released uh, around 2011, 2012 across three different series. That's right. And in all, those three series back in the day created a 540 card character set, whereby there was 180 different base set character cards in each of the three series. That's right. That is being um, replicated and honored in what I uh, I know there's been some discussion of what do you call this thing, and we've um, have called this like Marvel Beginnings Volume 1 in some of the kind of announced content. I actually think that's a bit of a misnomer. It doesn't say it printed on the cards anywhere like that. It just says Marvel Beginnings. So, you know, everybody can, you know, put their seatbelts back on. You don't need to jump out of your car or anything like that. Um, uh, to call this Marvel Beginnings Volume 2 Series 1, I think would be pretty accurate. But again, it's not going to say that on the cards. Ah, we that's okay. It didn't say it didn't say volume one on the cards before, so that's fine. <laughs> exactly. It, it's more. So why would you? Way, I would say it's the way that the community is going to sort of speak to each other and communicate about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's fine. Let's call this Marvel Beginnings Volume Two Series One. Let's do that. So this product will feature the first 180 character cards of what will be a 540 character set, similarly to how we did it in the earlier iteration 10 years ago. No character will appear more than once. So there's only going to be one Wolverine card. Now, there may be an old old man Logan card, but there's only going to be one classic Wolverine card. Sure. Wow. Or Spider-Man or Thor, whatever. Um, And to that extent, if you're taking some of the most popular characters in the publishing world, be it Spider-Man, Wolverine, Deadpool, those three are typically most commonly referenced as the three most popular characters. There's other Mm -hmm. obviously very popular characters out there. Um, We had to kind of, you kind of have to split them up and anchor them amongst each of the different series. You're not going to just put all three of those big names in a series one and have nothing to anchor series two or series three. Exactly. Yeah. I would say the anchoring character for series one in beginnings is Wolverine. Okay. Gotcha. So you're not going to see Spider-Man and you're not going to see Deadpool in series one because you're going to see Wolverine. And and and, I, and hopefully that makes sense to everybody that we're kind of you kind of got to split that checklist. Staggering, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah we literally because it's, it's one five hundred and forty card set. It's not. Yeah, and we and we build know. it as such right from the get go and decide the split up right then and there. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Now, something that's really interesting about Marvel Beginnings is that we were uh, allowed to feature some Fantastic Four characters in Beginnings as well. (laughs) So, again, similarly, um, those Fantastic Four characters will be split amongst Series 1, Series 2, and Series 3. So we're not going to see, you know, The Thing, Silver Surfer, Doctor Doom, and Galactus all piled into Series 1. 
But um, we will see someone in series one. You will see a couple noteworthy. I would say the most noteworthy um, Fantastic Four characters and Norn, I'm sorry to tell you, it's not Silver Surfer in series one. Uh, Barf. You'll see, you will see Mr. Fantastic <laughs> and you will see the Human Torch. So you're going to get That's cool. Four. That's cool though. That's yeah, cool. It'd be nice to have them back. Yes, I miss them. For sure. You're going to get two of the four primary Fantastic Four characters. Love there it. is a handful of other Fantastic Four characters that you're going to see in this product as well. Um, so that'll be neat um, in regards to how the who's featured in the base set and who's really highlighting the base set. Gotcha. So getting into what the product is and how it's built and how it's configured, these are going to be big cases as well. 16 boxes per case. Okay? Wow. Cool. Now, this is built as a, a far more sort of, how could I say, um, a mass market um, available style product. This is not built like Allure. Allure is more expensive. It's all chromium. It, it's not dead. Gotcha. And Black Diamond's very expensive, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, this is built intended where you can go out and buy a box without breaking the bank. Again, we don't create SRPs, but this was supposed to be a, a pretty affordable box. In this day awesome. and age, what that translates to, I don't know if it's going to remain mm-hmm. affordable. I hope it does. Um, that's the way it was built. Okay. So what you've got, you got a 16-box case. In each box, you have 15 packs. Okay. In gotcha. each pack, you have nine cards. So you're getting 135 cards in a box. It's a big it's stack of cards, which yeah. is a very different feel to breaking something like Black Diamond where you get five cards. That's right. Um, so I, it is fun. You're going to have to sort cards here. You're going to have to oh, go old school and sort your cards. That's awesome. Oh, well, I, I only opened some um, um, Series 3 Marvel Beginnings um, last year or the year before last. And I opened nice. three boxes of it. And the stack was immense. Right. Love it. Right. Yeah, we've almost forgotten what that feels like in this day and age of yeah. the cards are getting more and yeah. more expensive. You see fewer and fewer cards in the back. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. There's there's products that can be built like that for consumers that don't yeah. want a lot of cards. But this one is built for set collectors and people that like a lot of cards. Hmm. Very cool. And character collectors, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how it um that's how the the box and the case and the packs are constructed. There's also going to be retail blasters in here as well. So you're hearing a trend here in all the products I'm talking about, you're getting blasters, which is really hmm. neat to see that the world of marble licensed trading cards is truly affecting how retail buyers like Walmart buyers are thinking about trading cards. Mm. And they're not just thinking about basketball and football and baseball. They're thinking about Marvel. How yep. cool is that? Yes. How cool is that? That in, you know, Broken Arrow, That's brilliant. Oklahoma, you can go buy Marvel cards from your local, you know, Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. That's amazing. Is that an actual place, by the way? <laughs> I'm sure it is. So, <laughs> so, um, beginnings will have a blaster skew. Um, the blaster boxes are going to have eight packs per box, but, uh, but there's only going to have, this is the one, I'm sorry. This is the one that's only going to have five cards in a pack. Okay. This will only have five cards in a pack. Whereas the hobby packs have nine cards in the pack. Mm. Um, so with the nine card hobby packs, what you're going to get, those nine cards are composed of six base set cards plus two ratioed base set parallels plus one true chase card. Gotcha. Oh, okay, cool. So a lot of you're gonna get three kind of chase cards out of every pack. Mm. So it's just kind of fun. You get three hits. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. We're trying to build a lot of our packs like that. Allure has that kind of feel as well, right? Nine cards, six yep. base, three or chase. Um wow. 
So we, we, we even even Metal Universe, it's like four are base and two are chase. So that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Uh, in every pack. Next up. Um, on the EPAC side in beginnings, the, the base cards are going to be digital and they're going to have two levels of stacking, just like we've established previously in Allure, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We really like the double stack um, on this stuff because it gives a lot of value on EPAC to trade away your digital base and use yes. something because everyone's going to need them for the double stack. Everyone right. will need them for the double stack, no matter what character is. Someone they're going to go for them. Um, in all, on the base set, there's five ratioed parallels, uh, including a rainbow foil parallel. Uh, there's a blaster exclusive parallel called Red Supernova, of which in an eight-pack blaster box, you'll get three of them. Oh, nice. Now, keep in mind, that's a 180-card set. So, again, yeah. you'd have to break 60 blaster boxes just to get 180 different Red Supernova <laughs> Reds. So those those blaster exclusive, and they're only in blasters, the Supernova Reds. So those wow. are kind of cool. Um, moving back into the hobby stuff, four serial numbered parallels of the base set with print runs ranging from 199 down to true 101s, which are called Purple Reality. Uh, all the serial numbered parallels are printed on beautiful uh, patterned rainbow foil sheets. Think like the grandiose parallels in Metal Universe. Nice. That's Whoa. what the parallels are going to look like. Four different ones with all with different colors and all with different patterns. And some of the patterns like literally move as you pivot the cards in your hand, the patterns spin like kaleidoscopes. They're oh, that's crazy. nice. Yes. That's nice. Okay. That's awesome. That's so nice. you're going to get some really nice um, rainbow foil board parallels in Marvel beginnings. Oh, All right. That's so cool. What Very else? tasty. Moving back, moving back to the base set, we are doing an array of first appearance image variations in the base set. So what we're going to do is we're going to, again, cue evil scientist laughter. Um, <laughs> we are going, we're going to force collectors to look through their base cards and, 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 you know, put their base cards together in, 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 in checklist yes. number and look for variations amongst other collectors saying, Hey, my Wolverine card has a different photo than yours. What's going on? Oh my goodness. Yes. Because there's going to be an array of different first appearance. Now the way you'll know is that it'll be like an early appearance variant. Gotcha. Wow. Um, and those are going to be incredibly rare. You're going to get about two to three of these first appearance variants per case. Whoa. Oh, wow. Okay. So you're okay. going to have to keep a sharp eye out for what's going on with those first appearance. And we've seen that a lot. We've done a lot of that in our OPG hockey product, where you, if you have a lower level sort of product that is built for mass market, built for, you know, cheap people ripping affordable packs. Um, mm -hmm. We've seen it in competitor stuff forever, like Topps flagship baseball. That's one of the most important trading card products of anything. And again, that 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 goes beyond whether it's a sports card or an entertainment card. Topps flagship baseball is a very important product. Yeah. And they've had a good history of image variations, just like we've had image variations uh, that have been very successful in Opeachy hockey. So we're going to bring that to Marvel beginnings. So the Marvel collector gets to kind of jump in the pool and have some fun with some of these crazy image variation cards. Nice. And that's another way of bringing some good fun, some good content value um, in a unique manner to a product that it kind of fits its DNA of like a, an affordable product, heavy yeah. rip, a lot of sorting, a lot of checking for weird variants and that kind of stuff. That's what this product's kind of about. Um, so so cool. you, you're going to have that. Um, moving on, there is two, what I would call variants to the base set. Now, okay. I call them variants because they're not parallels. A parallel card, in my mind, picks up verbatim a checklist from the base set. 
So if I was going to, if I'm saying, hey, it's parallel and the base set's 180 cards and Spider-Man's card number 16 in the base set, that means the parallel is 180 cards and Spider-Man's number 16 in the parallel set. Now, mm. some of the design elements like the color of the border or the paper that it's printed on or the substrate that it's printed on may switch out or it may be serial numbered, it may be much scarcer, but the checklist is verbatim and um, uh, the, the, where, they, where they're appearing in that set is verbatim. The a variant is different. Now, there's two variants in this product in beginnings. One of them is called illustration boards, and the other one's called flipped FX, like flipping a pancake. Oh, wow. What they are. The illustration boards, and you guys have seen the solicitation, so you've probably seen what a Marvel Beginnings illustration board looks like. It literally looks like the old school um, illustration boards from the 60s and 70s. If you ever bought or have seen original art from Kirby yes. or, or Starang. Blue line, or baby. Tina or any, or, or, you know, John Romita Sr. Or, or Ditko or any of those guys. Um, you know what it looks like with that light blue sort of like yeah. line art area and then the pencil art, right? Yep. Yes. yes. So, yeah. Imagine taking a standard card of, of Captain America from the base set of Marvel <sighs> Beginnings and you strip it down to its illustration board pencils with just oh. the only design elements being the light blue um, kind of hash marks with the white. That's going to be an illustration board variant. And what we're doing with the illustration boards is we're going to pick 90 characters out of the 180 character pool of series one to create the illustration board variant. So not all, all 180 characters will have an illustration board variant card. Oh, Grant, look at me. Are you looking at me, Grant? I am. I think you know what I'm asking. I'm not going to say it on air because I think it'd be unfair to everybody else, but you and I have an understanding check will be in the mail. I'm just putting that out there. That's a brilliant idea. I'm so excited. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Um, let me jump into flipped FX. Now what flipped FX is, is again, we are taking only 90 and not necessarily the same 90 as illustration board, but a, a different selection of 90 where some may actually um, have a base card, an illustration card, some characters may have a base card, an illustration board variant, and a flipped FX variant. Oh, some characters wow. may only have two of them, and some characters may only have one of them. So not necessarily the same 90. You know, some may recur and some may not, but we're taking a selection of 90 for flipped FX. And what we're doing with it is if you look at a base set card of Marvel Beginnings, and again, everyone hopefully has seen the solicitation where the base set design has a large primary image of a modern era, current depiction of the character from Marvel's library of publishing art. Mm -hmm. Therein is a smaller headshot of that same character from quote unquote their beginning days. So if it's a Captain America card, you may have a very modern image of a really cool dynamic Captain America action um, art taken from their library where the headshot might be from Jack Kirby from Avengers number four. Mm. Something like that, because that was his beginnings of his yes. appearance. Okay. Or, um, you know, if you have the fan Mr. Fantastic card, you may have a modern era image of Mr. Fantastic with a headshot from taken from Fantastic Four number one, where he's got his corncob pipe and his, you know, yes. pipe burns and all that kind of stuff. Um, 
So what's going to happen with flipped FX is we're going to flip those images. So the large primary image will be the vintage image and the smaller headshot will be the, the larger image in the base set card. So they are quote unquote flipped. Furthermore, the FX part means that we're printing the cards on spectrum FX or I'm sorry, on light FX um, foil board, which is very similar to the metal universe light FX parallel cards you've seen. So all of a sudden now you're going to be getting Marvel beginnings cards with that beautiful sort of metallic speckled foil board that you've seen from like the light FX pink parallels out of X-Men metal universe. Oh, wow. So that'll be pretty cool. That's why I call it a variant because when you're holding the card, the substrate itself, the, the metallic nature of that card will look nothing like the base set cards, which are standard C2S, which um, looks like kind of a standard glossy paper. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that's flipped FX. Now, both of these variants, illustration boards are one in every five packs. Keep in mind, Marvel Beginnings is a 15 pack box. So you're going to get three illustration boards out of a 90 card set in every box. And you're going to get three flipped FX out of a 90 card set in every box. Right. Difficult, but not impossible because if you break enough and you trade enough, not everyone's going to want these these cards. So you're going to be able to trade into that set Mm. without killing yourself. If you break a whole case, you're going to get about half of a, a set. Let me think there's 16 boxes in the case. So you get 48 of these 90 cards out of a set. So you're going to get about 60% of a set in the case. Do, do wow. it. You know? Now, furthermore, where the illustration boards have no other parallels, there's just the illustration board. We thought it'd be kind of silly to do parallels on the illustration boards. The flipped FX cards have an array of parallels similar to how the base set has an array of parallels. So you're going to get beautiful serial numbered flipped, F, uh, flipped FX parallels numbered of 125 all the way down to 101s. And they're going to have a lot of that Spectrum Light FX technology on them. Oh. Evil. This that is, is evil. That, that is evil. evil. It's cruel. Good grief. But I love it. Yes, sir. May I have another? Like, it's just, it's really, it's bad. <laughs> Please, sir, may I have some more? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, are we doing all of the twist? Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'll quite happily, I'll quite happily sit here and do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait. So, so wait, Ian and, Ian and Norton, there's more. Oh, there's um, more. Come on. Wait, there's more. Um, it is with it, Teddy. Also bolstered by a a pretty great lineup of creators signing creator gallery signature cards. I would like, I'm really excited to tell you literally on Friday and we're taping on Monday on Friday, we got, we came to an agreement with John Romita jr. To sign cards. Oh, John, it's hard. It is hard work getting real legends to sign cards. Oh. It is hard work. Romita jr. Has done so many books and he's such an important wow. and he had such a big run on Spider Man and he's such an iconic artist. Um, Daredevil. So, I know Daredevil. I agree. So you're going to get autographed cards of John Romita Jr. It took a, a bit of time, but we got Olivia Quapel to sign cards for us, Ooh. who's one of the most dynamic modern era artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my uh, God. Brian Michael Bendis will be signing cards from our. Oh, hello. Wow. Fabian Nicienza will be signing cards. Wow. Now he signed on the first beginnings. Yeah, but uh, 10 years ago. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, those cards wow. are largely dried up. Um, but and, and there's many other signers that we are working on to bring. Wow. So you're going to get a, a pretty healthy um, lineup of creator autographs. And I think the neat thing is we even talked about it earlier on this show is that if you bring creator autographs in a creative way to the to the collector, those cards will appreciate. And I've actually <clears> seen some serious appreciation and values just on the old school creator gallery autographs where they sign the covers with no images. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Those have really spiked up in value. 
value. And I remember five or eight years ago, those were two bucks an autograph. People grumbling that they didn't want creator autographs because they weren't real autographs. Remember that? They were fake yeah. autographs as if these legendary creators never did anything important. Really? <laughs> really? So ridiculous. Anyway, uh, I'll get off my, my soapbox. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm passionate about this or anything. Okay. So another key element. I haven't even talked about my favorite element of this product yet. How many yes! Grant, what's your favorite element? Tell us. All right. My favorite element of this product is the booklet cards. Now, these oh. are massive, massive case it rare cards. Okay. They're Dang. really rare and they're really cool. What we wanted to do burbling away in our little laboratory of creative ideas and ideas um, that we've been wanting to work on for years has been taking these comic clippings and seeing what else we can do with them outside of just a standard two and a half by three and a half inch trading card featuring a, a vintage clipping. What I really wanted to do years ago um, and it kind of was born from sports. Sorry. My DNA was born from sports um, was back in the day. You'd have famous athletes like a pitcher named Nolan Ryan. He was a baseball pitcher. Many, many Marvel collectors may not know who he is, but I grew up in, I lived in Texas. I didn't grow up in Texas. I lived in Texas for many years. The, the, the Express was his nickname. He was one of the greatest baseball pitchers of all time. Um, and he was, he was featured. He was great on many teams. He was great on the California Angels, the Houston Astros, the Texas Rangers, and the New York Mets. He had four teams that he was very, very popular with. And to that effect, there was um, a lot of relic cards featuring game-worn jerseys from Ryan that featured a swatch of, of a jersey from the Mets, a swatch of jersey from the Astros, a swatch of Whoa. jersey from the Rangers, nice. and a swatch of jersey from the California Angels. And you would have four swatches that created like a career legacy relic card of Nolan Ryan. And if you were a Ryan collector, if that was your guy, kind of like no. a collector, you'd totally want that card. Wait, 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 wait. Did you really do that? Okay. Don't okay. tell me. So oh, I my think God. You, Norman, oh, my I think God. You know what I'm talking about. Now. No, you did not. So now, think about how that concept can oh into comic book clippings. So if you take a character like, oh, let's say the Black Panther. Okay. I'm oh, so I, glad I you ended to, up that sentence. My idea with that I sketched out of my head was I wanted to take, imagine taking two trading cards and displaying them vertically side by side. Oh, um, yes. I'm sorry, displaying them horizontally side by side. So they open up with a centered spine and they open up and they're some seven inches wide by two and a half inches tall. Fair enough. Within that opening, as you open it, each of those interior panels has three windows housing a clipping from a, fa a, a classic vintage comic book featured from the applicable character. So you'll have like a Black Panther booklet with an image of the Black Panther on the outside panel. As you open it up, there's six panels. The first panel will feature a clipping of the Black Panther, <laughs> not of just some random character from that book, but the actual Black Panther character from Fantastic Four number 52, which is his first appearance. The second panel would be from, let's say, Avengers number 52, where he joined the Avengers. The third panel would be, let's say, Jungle Action number five, which was his first solo book. The yeah. fourth panel would be Black Panther number one, number one from 1977, which was his first true solo title. <laughs> and the fifth and sixth panels would be for more more modern books that sort of creates a career legacy in publishing for the Black Panther. Now, 
Here's where it gets even crazier. No we way. Talked about earlier, what book did we buy earlier from Metal Universe? Oh, oh no. no, 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 did we buy no. Fantasy number 15? No. <laughs> no so if you think about what we can produce. There's no way. There's no way you did that. Say we can't make a Spider-Man card mm. with a clipping from Amazing Fantasy 15, Spider-Man 1, and on and on and on wait no because no 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 because if you did that it like hypothetically if this is real which by your face i know it's real which is making me freak out you oh my god you made it the grill you made like the like you made like a legit like the what i would imagine is one of the greatest marvel card creations of all time that is amazing that's, that's neat you say that because it we we come to work every day as a creative team, my whole team, and you do have that sort of Damocles hanging over your head creatively like you better at some point in you, you know your career or the years that you're building cards, you better aspire to build historically important cards and stuff that's never been thought about or the greatest thing ever or sort of that level is what you as a product guy strive to to produce and it's neat that you kind of think like that um because i think when you think about comic clippings what can you do with it and how do you really raise that kind of stuff to grail level now mm. the cool part about it is these are not one-on-ones we're going to do five serial number copies per card so you don't have to be a member of the onassis shipping company uh, to, <laughs> you know where you are dealing in bitcoin or you can trade your 200 foot yacht for cards uh you know um, you don't have to be that person. There will be five copies of each. So it'll they'll still be expensive, I'm sure. Keep in mind, you can rip a box of cards for or a pack of cards for, you know, whatever it's going to be. Again, these are not expensive. They're not built as expensive packs and boxes. They're built I as can't believe good it. level, affordable. Um, but you can get a Holy Grail level chase card out of it. That nice. The other cool part of it, there's nothing like that type of a chase card in Metal Universe. There's nothing like that type of a chase card in any of the other popular brands. We'd like to think that each of the brands has significant chase cards that are unique to their own lineage and branding. Mm. You don't produce the same stuff in every product. So, um, yeah, those would probably be the cards I'm most excited about in Marvel Beginnings. Norin is. I've I've been chuckling away here because I've been watching and people can't obviously see this, but Norin's reaction has been gradually going from grown man to puddle over the last ten minutes. I am whilst like, been describing. That. I am Alex Mackin over here. Okay, that's a '90s kid ref, but like I am definitely, I'm freaking out. Like I'm like serious, Grant. Like that's like I can't think of a better. And maybe it's because my imagination is limited. I hope I I, I hope to think it's not, but. I mean, when you think of like the beginnings and, and what that series does and to think that you guys made, and I'm not doing this for the podcast. I don't give a crap what anybody else thinks. I literally think you nailed it. Like that to me was ingenious, like absolutely beautiful. I really love that. And I love that you guys didn't do a one of one of it. That makes me so excited because I can't tell you it's picturesque. It's awesome. Killer. Well, I, I also I like the fact that it speaks to the theme of the product. The theme of the product is beginnings. Yeah, so beginnings. It's kind of cool that you could have a booklet card. You open it up, and that panel on the far left is clipped from the beginning of that character. Comic, yeah. comic cuts are so important. Like, 
a lot of people, they just haven't caught on yet. People haven't figured it out yet, unfortunately. But the some of us who have, comic cuts are, every book is being pressed and graded. Mm. You're going to find it very difficult in the future to find an actual origin comic readable. It's only going to be, it's only going to get more and more scarce and more difficult to find those with grading culture. And to have cards being able to encapsulate panels. And these panels are beautiful. I have... Yes a silver surfer panel that was not supposed to exist. It got into the packs because surfer was banned when you guys did it. And I found it lucky, stupid habit. So lucky. And it's a treasure. It's like one of my top five cards and it's, it's not because it's rare. It's just because it encapsulates that story and that, that, that character. I mean, just a killer. Awesome. You know, and and Norm, I'm glad you kind of brought that point up uh, because yes, with the proliferation of how many comics, uh, vintage comics are being encased in graded slabs. um, The interiors of comics are being almost lost. Yes, they are. That speaks to another really exciting chase card in Marvel beginnings that (gasps) we wanted to do with clippings because one of my favorite and, I, I I know graded comics are very popular. I, I'm not a huge fan because I like looking through my vintage books. I like the way they smell. They just remind yeah. me of my childhood. I could literally, yeah. I'm, I'm weird. I get it. I like smelling vintage comics. That's no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Say. I could probably we talk about I often go upstairs and sniff my boxes. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Uh, I'm, I'm one of those weirdos. I like, I like the way they smell when I open them. But I, love it. Yeah. I just like to flip through the, my books once in a while and feel like, I remember what it's like to flip through a book when I was a kid. Yeah, but it's that tactile feeling of it yeah, in your hands. Sure. It's amazing. And, and going through the goofy old stories and, and yeah. you know, seeing the ads in there. Soapbox oh, and the ads, yes. you know, Charles yeah, Atlas, ads, you know. All what? the ads. Now, Stanley, yes. you go through, flip through them, like I told you guys, and as you guys know, I'm a huge Jack Kirby guy. And yes. Jack Kirby, I would like to think, literally created the splash page. Before Jack That's Kirby, good. If you, look, if you look in the history of comic publishing, before Jack Kirby started doing his Jimi Hendrix level jamming, which really got into go, he really got into it by about 66 or 1967. Yeah. He really found his art and he started doing unbelievable full page splashes. If you go look at like, go look at like Thor 160 or Thor 161, where he takes on Galactus and there's these unbelievable full page headshots of Galactus that literally look like Roy Lichtenstein art. They look like yes. Warhol. I yes. Done Cause my son's like starting to study some of these 60s artists. I'm like, Y'all need to study Jack Kirby because I think Jack Kirby is every bit as legitimate a great American artist as a Roy Lichtenstein or a Warhol or anyone from the late 60s era of art. I yep. am I am preaching, but I, I think it's hundred percent. I, I wanted to take that platform of what I would consider splash pages that are trapped in plastic and slabs where some of this artwork is not appreciated to put them into full cards. So what we did, we're making eight and a half by 11 size trading cards with full page splashes as redemption mm. cards and beginnings. Mm. No way. Oh my goodness. No let me, freaking way. Let me, let me double check on that. They're either redemption cards or they're going to be achievement cards. Like I'm not totally sure how we're delivering them, but I know we're making them, but they're going to exist. Right. They're going to exist. Wow. And they're going to be full page splashes of just unbelievable splashes from you know, incredible books dating out through the, and really the height of splash pages from roughly was from like 1967 to about 1985 or so. Oh, wow. Incredible splash pages. Wow. Some crazy, crazy stuff. 
Wow. <laughs> I wow. can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be absolutely bonkers. I mean, I don't know. I mean, listen, I mean, when, when, okay, so we know that they're going to have a little bit of a breather between Spider-Man Metal and Allure. When are we thinking about beginnings beginning to... Uh, because, yeah, um, it's it's further out. It's after Allura and and um, okay. Metal this is good. You know, I'm this is good. Near the I'm hoping near the end of the calendar year is a uh, realistic target for us. Oh, it's Grand, just this, this is so cool, man. There's so much for everyone coming up. That's what I like about it. And we haven't even yes. yeah we haven't even touched on we're we're barely halfway through the stuff that we had to talk about this um this this episode so grant grant i know you're a busy man i know you've got lots and lots of stuff to do and i know you've got you know you're i kind of think of you as a chef at the pass and you know you've got your team there and you're you're, you're kind of tasting the stuff and you're sending it back to be recooked and you know the, the stuff that's good can go to the go to the uh, um go to the waiting customers i kind of think of you in those terms in terms of the level of um uh, perfection that you kind of aspire Decision to with the, with, the, yeah, with the stuff going out. And I think it's interesting that you, you mentioned when you came kind of to the Marvel line, what about 2007, 2017? Yeah. It is, it is interesting to note that I, I think that you're, I think anyone who's been in the hobby that long has heard you talk for the last two hours will definitely be aware of your, your DNA being in the products that we've seen over the past few years amazing. Uh, from the, from that point of view. So, um, so I guess that's my way of saying Grant. Yeah. We're only halfway through. Can you come back? Can we do I'd a part two? To. I'd love to, oh. I, I would love to like not do work and just talk on the podcast with you guys. We make a trio and I just stop working. Hey, let's do it. Uh, uh, if, if we could, if, if we could give up work and just talk about cards, we would happily do that. But yeah, done and done. Um, <laughs> so, so we're going to, we're going to put a, a pin. Norin, can you get ready with your pin noise? There we go. That was, it's not, that's a new one. It's a variant pin. That wasn't what I was expecting. Is that, is that, is that, is that, is that, is that a purple FX parallel? It's a, a purple light FX, FX parallel. Uh, pin yeah, whatever pin it is. Sound. There we go. Yeah. Um, so Grant, we'll come back. We'll come back. Um, and we will carry on talking about all sorts of other things like, Fleer Ultra line products, Disney Plus MCU products, and other MCU cinematic releases. And I'm I'm really, really looking forward to talking about those. Uh, and many, many, many more. Um, until we speak to you next, Grant. Hey, everybody. Enjoy collecting. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. Visuals and tasting notes for each episode can be found on our Facebook page. You can subscribe and leave us a voicemail via our home on anchor.fm forward slash MCCP. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Please take a second to subscribe, like, and review our show wherever you get your podcasts. Our podcast can be found by Googling at the MCC pod, which will also find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Our Facebook community is at MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's a small hobby, but a fun one. Make mine Marvel and enjoy collecting.